Good evening, everybody. This is a new series called the Data Analytics Series, and this is part one of a three-part series on how to use publicly available data in fantasy football. There are plenty of podcasts out there that currently, you know, go through the numbers and they read off a table as if um, their word is gospel. And I don't blame them, right? Everyone's looking for a number to outright predict what is going to happen in the future. And this three-part series basically is going to sort of help you figure out what is real, what is repeatable, and most importantly, what is actually useful. Okay, part one of three looks at what is publicly available in on the internet and then we go deeper into what it means in terms of constructing our squad in terms of trusting the numbers that are publicly available okay before we begin talking about the data that is available we have to assume three things about the data that we come across number one whatever we come across has to be of a large enough sample size. What I mean is that you need to have enough data that has occurred already in order to trust it so that it can predict whatever that's happening or might happen in the future. So at this stage where we are in game week 30, it's considered reliable because we have 30 weeks of data and we are going to use it to predict or project the next eight. So the second premise is that we have enough data that is of good quality some data that we see on the internet we know is marred by red cards crowd trouble delays postponements and with 30 weeks of data we at least can average out or we can trust the majority of this data has eliminated all these minor stoppages so that you know whatever we see is going to be a good reflection of what has happened so far now third is that we assume that very importantly everything that has happened under the same conditions so the same starting 11 the same stadium the same set of matches and with 30 games played at least we know that every team has played each other once and with majority of the games played we know that the remainder of games are going to be roughly the same okay now this is important because data is useful when it is repeated. So this approach has worked for sports like baseball and basketball where you have the same action carried out in game, the same shots from the same spots, the same pitches, the same bats. And when you have enough data that is repeated, you have a scenario where you notice that certain teams or certain players do certain things particularly well. So in basketball, for example, you know that certain players shoot better uh, from certain spots and that's what you call the sweet spot. Now, for translating this skill onto football is relatively simple because we know that certain players can shoot better from certain spots and certain goalkeepers have certain weaknesses, for example, but we know that the game is much more complex than that. Um, without further ado, I will now move on to actually using publicly available data so that we can see what is relevant. Okay, I'm gonna start with the table that everybody looks at, like in 
even as a normal casual player now, the first thing we see is the big table from the Premier League website that shows us every single team sorted by points, who's leading, who's at the bottom. And points are okay, but we know that in a lot of cases, we have certain teams that can win 1-0 by a single goal margin and yet lose 7-0. So you have teams that are in the middle of a pack that scores lots of goals or they concede a lot of goals like Leeds United and they sit in 16th having conceded the most goals. So right now, it's difficult to predict how many points a team is going to get in the future if we didn't know what happened before. Points you get in the past might not translate to points in the future. So we look at the next step. Beside the table, beside the column that shows points, we have goals scored and goals allowed. So for goals scored and goals allowed, goals scored itself, if we rank every single team by goals scored, you would get a somewhat okay indication of who's best and who's worst. Is you get Liverpool top, Man City second, you will get Norwich bottom. So those are clear as daylight. But you have a lot of teams in between, such as West Ham, who have scored the third most goals, who should sit above Man United, Arsenal and West Ham. And we know that is definitely not the case. So instead... What we can do is sort the league table by goal difference. Now, goal difference is an interesting one where you take your goal scored minus your goals conceded and you get a goal difference because using this metric, you still get Man City and Liverpool vying for top two. But now using goal difference, you can get, you see a clear separation between teams that are of the same tiers. So for example, Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea have like a goal difference of 38 and upwards and they are basically untouchable then they are followed by a chasing pack of Arsenal, Spurs, West Ham and Man United who hover around 8 to 15 goal difference positive now this is great because finally we start to see like layers of teams that form that we know you know the top three will almost certainly beat the next four at the bottom, you can see a similar separation where you have Watford, Leeds and Norwich who finally are grouped in the same tier where they have like a negative 26 goal difference and worse. Whereas the tier above them, Everton, Newcastle, Burnley and Brentford, what they can do is that they have a goal difference of around 14 to 18 negative. So... This means that they definitely concede more goals than they score. And these are all basically teams that you would want to play against. So in FPL itself, we can actually look at teams with bad goal differences. So the three bottom ones, Everton, Newcastle, Burnley, Brentford, and teams that are sliding their way down, Southampton and Brighton as well. So as these goal differences become worse and worse, we can create a group of teams that we want to play against. So this is how basically the fixture difficulty rating is created. Now, having said that, uh, this is an audio podcast, so I wouldn't be able to show the next eight fixtures on screen. So I will read them out to you using FPL's fixture difficulty rating tool. 
And what we're going to do now is highlight teams that have a favorable next eight that have opponents from that list of eight created earlier. So the obvious ones that jump out are West Ham. They have Everton, Brentford, Burnley and Norwich in their next four and they play Brighton on the final day. So if you have half of your next eight games as considerably good games, you will definitely want players from those teams. Um, similarly, West Ham are joined by Chelsea, who play Brentford, Southampton, Everton and Watford. You can pick up Burnley, who play Everton, Norwich, Southampton and Watford. And Newcastle, sorry. So that's five out of eight. And the gem in all of this is Crystal Palace, who have Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton, Watford, all in a row. And on top of that, they have Leicester before that. So picking players from these teams, you can assemble your differentials because these only form what we foresee as the popular long-term picks going forward. You put these alongside your heavy hitters, such as Mohamed Salah, Harry Kane, Youngmin Sun, and you can actually assemble a decent team. So I'm going to read off the team that I've created here based on these players, and here we go. So the players that I've mentioned earlier that have all these favorable teams, right? The two from Chelsea are James, Reese James and Kai Havertz. And then you can own Vekhorst from Burnley, Ben Rama from West Ham, and then three Crystal Palace, sorry, two Crystal Palace players in Guaita and Mateta. So these are one, two, three, four, five, six. Six players that will supplement a core squad of Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Salah, Kane, and Son. And suddenly, you have a core five-player squad, a spine that's supplemented by six players with good fixtures. And using this starting 11, you don't even need chips, and you'd probably do well over the next eight games. So this is the methodology for creating the safe 11, where you have a mix of stable premium players with players that have good fixtures now this is the conventional way of picking a squad and this is only part one of the three-part episode to keep things short in part two i will explore the events that lead up to this goal difference because right now what we have done is that we have segregated the league table by goal difference to establish what is an easy fixture and what is a bad fixture. And we've basically figured out uh, players to pick based on these fixtures and we've not looked at the teams at all. So in the next part, in part two, we will look at what makes a team truly good and what created this positive and negative goal difference in the first place. And just to give a preview, the answer has to do with shooting.